What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid up, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. And now it's the WWE Champion and Ryback left alone in the ring. Both men are legal. Meat Hook clothesline to the champ. And Ryback's looking to put Punk away. Ryback is hungry. He's hungry to beat the WWE Champion. He's got Punk on his shoulders, marching around the ring. Ryback, shell shock to Punk. Here's the cover. The team of John Cena and Ryback. Could that be Shades of Survivor Series? It absolutely could. The man who feeds off adrenaline. The loner. Who wants to be WWE Champion. And my God, ladies and gentlemen, who can stop it? Ryback impressive again here tonight. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, brought to you today and powered by the WWE Network. Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and experience more than 115 hours of WCW Thunder just added to the WWE Network. Relive your favorite moments from WCW's roller coaster show, including Sting breaking his silence, the rise of the Wolfpack, and the infamous David Arquette World Championship win. You can get it on over at the award-winning WWE Network by putting in the web address wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and start your one-month free trial right now. So stop everything you're doing and get on over to the WWE Network today. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today on the show, we welcome in the big guy as Ryback is joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. And what can you say about the big guy? Ryback could quite possibly be one of the most impressive-looking WWE superstars to ever come down the pike. But I might even go as far to say maybe even the most impressive-looking professional wrestler to ever come down the pike because when you saw Ryback, you knew obviously 
big things were going to happen. And in this interview, you get to see the real Ryback, not the Ryback that everybody perceives to be as, quote, bitter or maybe a little bit sour towards the wrestling business. This is a Ryback that gives it to you 100% as a straight shoot and tells you the way it's going to be. And I'll tell you something, if you have a perceived uh, notion or a perceived thought of what Ryback is, I'm going to guarantee that by the end of this interview, that is all going to change because not only does he have a very positive outlook on life, but also the brand of Ryback. He takes that as such a badge of honor that he gets to build this outside of those walls of WWE. And after he left the WWE in a very public way, everybody you know who's just a casual fan might have thought Ryback was done, but he comes back strong. He's got his Feed Me More Nutrition. He's got his own book. He's got his uh, just absolutely strong. Uh, Again, straight shooting, podcasts, conversations with the big guy, and there's pretty much nothing that Ryback can't do. So now, John, as I welcome you in here now, you know, Ryback, you and I kind of bounced it off each other that maybe we could be a little bit intimidated going into this interview, but as we are a lot of times, we were pleasantly surprised to see that the big guy is somewhat of a nice guy, and he was one hell of an interview. Yes, Chad. You know, so interesting sometimes when you book these interviews or when you think about some of these guys and you're saying, wow, you know, uh, this guy might be bitter or this guy might be just an angry guy or you don't quite know what you're going to get. Like there's an unpredictability factor sometimes for some of the guys. And then maybe you start feeding into, oh, man, maybe they have a bad attitude or you start listening to rumors or you start thinking, man, maybe that other person that said something about that wrestler maybe they're right or maybe it's accurate but with Ryback none of that was true and we even said before going on the air we're like I wonder if he's you know if this is going to be a little unconventional I wonder if he's going to be unpredictable you always hear that you know Ryback is so strong with with his convictions and what he has to say and his beliefs so you never quite know which direction but I gotta say he was unbelievably nice uh, we kicked it off uh, before we get you know so recording on the air and he was super nice to us talking about some personal stuff i mean really such a, a nice guy and it and it kind of wasn't in keeping with some of the stuff you hear from other people and that's why when you hear stuff from other people especially in wrestling you can't really take it uh, for real you almost have to take it with that quote-unquote grain of salt and you can't really take it you know to heart and, and take it 100 percent and believe them all the way because you know, then you get a guy like Ryback, who was just unbelievably awesome to us, and just it goes longer than we had anticipated for the interview, and just giving us great stories, and totally being honest with us, and totally being open with us. So when you think about it, it's like, you know what? Screw what other people say, and screw what other people may put out there. We're going to interview this guy, and we're going to see what he's really all about. We're, we're going to get some good stories out of him, and that's exactly what happened with the Ryback. I mean, he was awesome with us telling the stories um, about working out, telling the stories about his injuries, telling the stories about Vince, telling the stories about how he was supposedly 30 pounds overweight at one point, even though he might have had the best body in WWE. So just great, funny stuff. And I like some of the behind-the-scenes stuff as well. And, you know, anybody that says, oh, he might be bitter or anything else, listen to this interview, talk to him, doesn't sound like a bitter guy at all i don't know what you're thinking chad but am i right on that doesn't seem like a bitter guy whatsoever no not at all and, and he's got such a positive outlook on stuff that it's kind of cliche to say that oh he wants to make a difference and oh he wants to change that perception of him but i don't think he he really has a chance i guess this is the real ryback and uh unless you just believe outsiders and you believe people who don't have the full story then that perception is going to be your reality, and that's unfortunately uh, not true. Um, or maybe it is fortunately true, but one of the things I really liked about Ryback on paper with doing this interview is he's not just a guy who's going to talk about his career. He's not just going to talk about you know his best matches or his favorite moments or this and that. There's so much more that you could talk about and kind of get introspective with because he's got a lot of great things to say, and that is one of the things that I really like that we did in this interview, but as we like to do now and having this WWE Network promotion, John, I, I got to ask you just flat out, you know, there's so much more that you can dive into in terms of Ryback's WWE career. Like you said, we talked about the Nexus debut, you know, we talked about his rise to the world title push that he had. We talked about the Intercontinental title and he even threw in there and I had even forgotten about it, but Rybaxel, um, a, a completely kind of forgotten tag team at one point in time. But, John, let's kind of get your network suggestion 
on Ryback's uh, match. What is your pick to go to in our one-month free WWE Network subscription promotion? I love giving these network recommendations or these network suggestions. Obviously, like Chad said, you go to wbnetwork.com slash TMPT for your free month. Obviously, there's a big show coming up that you would probably be interested in and that you need the WWE Network to watch it. So, as far as Ryback and my network suggestion or recommendation, I would have to go with TLC Pay-Per-View 2012. So, yes, go to the network, go to WWE, go to Pay-Per-Views, go to 2012, go to Pay-Per-Views, and check out TLC. It's not the main event, but it probably should have been because it absolutely stole the show. Ryback and Team Hell No versus Reigns, Ambrose, and Rollins, a.k.a. The Shield, Unbelievable match, the 2012 WWE match, match of the year, according to the WWE itself. I remember Ryback actually ends up winning a slammy along with Team Hell No in the Shield for having the match of the year. So it's just one of those things where WWE recognizes it as being such a great match. We want to recognize it as being such a great match, and that would be a recommendation that I would definitely give to the fans to seek out. So TLC pay-per-view, they have a TLC match crazy there's a lot of uh, crazy bumps there's a lot of uh, weapons and as dusty would say a lot of plunder if you will so that it would be a great match to seek out and if you're a huge ryback fan check out some of his main event matches right before that on pay-per-view a uh, few in a row would be exactly against one c m punk so wbnetwork.com slash tmpt Absolutely. Can't go wrong with any of that WWE Network content. And like I said at the top of the show, WCW Thunder now added to the fray. So you got so much at your fingertips, but go back and relive some of Ryback's best moments today. And of course, we just want to absolutely thank the big guy for coming on with us. It's been somebody who we've been kind of stewing for here on our side for many, many months. And we're really happy to get him on and have this time to chat with him. He's such a great dude and such a fun guy to talk to. That you never know, baby, down the road, we might have the big guy back for a part two because we didn't scratch the surface. And you'll see there's so much more to talk about in the world of Ryback on this episode than just his WWE tenure or even professional wrestling. This guy is a fitness guru and he, he is just a motivational guy. So please seek out all of the great big guy promotional things that he's got. He mentions it at the end of the interview and it is uh, definitely going to be to your benefit to go check that out. So as John mentioned, it's uh, www.network.com slash TMPT for the WWE Network one month free. And you're going to hear it in the TMPT business this coming May 19th. TMPT Con heads to Richmond, Virginia, not only for our second annual fan convention and autograph signing featuring Kevin Nash, Eric Bischoff, Ronnie Garvin, The Barbarian, Independent Star, Solo, Darling, and many more to come. Perhaps a huge surprise uh, headed your way in the next couple of days. But also, we have our TMPT Con 2 nightcap question and answer session happening at the Backyard Grill in Richmond, Virginia. That will be a night with Eric Bischoff where you get to ask Eric Bischoff some of the questions that have been stewing in your mind. The whole entire time Eric Bischoff has been a public figure, whether you were a WCW NWO fan or even a fan of his WWE Raw general manager tenure, you can come to our event and ask Eric Bischoff anything you want in the most intimate of environments at the Backyard Grill. We're going to have some food, we're going to have some drinks, we have some meet and greets, and a huge Q&A hosted by WRVA in Richmond's radio host, Jeff Katz. And that's all going down at TMPT Con 2's nightcap. So head on over to TMPTofWrestling.com for the information on that show and how you can get your tickets to join us for both our huge events, May 19th in Richmond, Virginia. It's going to be one hell of a deal. So as the music starts to creep in now, why don't we do this? Let's hit you with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business, and let's get it on over to the big guy, Ryback. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. 
Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Follow along with a two-man power trip as we come to a town near you. Join us in Richmond, Virginia for TMPTCon 2, May 19th at the Holiday Inn with feature guests Kevin Nash, Easy e Eric Bischoff, Shane Douglas, Mark Canterbury, and so many more. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without... Any further ado, a former OBW World Heavyweight Champion, a former five-time WWE Slammy Award winner, a former WWE Intercontinental Champion, you may know him as the Silverback, the Human Wrecking Ball, the big guy, he is Ryback. Feed me more. Please enjoy. Feed me more. Feed me more. Feed me more. Feed me more. On the line tonight is a man who needs no introduction, but I got to welcome him in. We have been dying to interview him for the longest time. You may remember him as the name Ryback, but I got to tell you, when we see him, he is the big guy. He is the one and only Ryback. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Ah, thank you for the introduction. It's uh, nice to be here. Thank you guys for having me. You know, Ryback, I got to tell you something. Uh, for the longest time, watching you on TV, seeing you leave WWE and all the ventures that you have going on, one thing that we could say about Ryback is you never know what he's going to be doing next. So the first question I got to ask you is, what is going on in that world of Ryback right now? Uh, no, right now, I'm getting ready to, to start up um, wrestling and doing appearances again. I had to take uh, a few months off. For multiple reasons, but uh, I've been enjoying being home. But uh, one of the big things for me was when I left. I, I left for uh, multiple reasons, but I was I was not feeling good. And I and I, if you listen to my podcast conversation with the big guy, I've always been very upfront and honest about everything that's happened. And I didn't know how bad my body was when I left, unfortunately. But when I left. I finally went and got MRIs done, and my back and shoulder uh, were a complete mess um, from doing that backpack stunner for pretty much since my developmental days. And, and as far as people in wrestling, there's not a lot of guys that were doing that move, and it's probably for a good thing, but it ended up compressing four of my discs to, to the point where had I stayed there even six months to a year longer, there's, there's no doubt I would have had to have major back surgery on all four discs and been done been done for good. I, when I left and saw the, the spine doctor here in, in Las Vegas, they, um, they told me I needed back surgery 
and a shoulder replacement, in which my career would have been done. Uh, luckily, we have stem cell procedures now where I've had seven of them done over the course of the last year, and I'm getting a couple more done actually in the upcoming months. And they have, they've saved my career. But, but last year, like I stayed quite active on the independent scene and, and wrestling. And the doctor wanted me to stop altogether for some time, at least between four to six months to let the stem cells work. And I had commitments already booked and, and I just said, oh, I'll be fine. And uh, I wasn't doing myself any favors. So anyways, I, I got the last round of them done in, in December and uh, I just took a few months off and and let everything kind of calm down. And, and this is the best I've felt in, in probably a couple of years, but I have a little bit of ways to go, but I'm going to do, I got a bunch of appearances and matches here coming up March and April, starting this week, actually, in Pennsylvania for Pro Wrestling Empire. I'm going to see how the body feels. And uh, then I'm going to schedule to get one more round of stem cells done. But doing that, I, I got an investment property I just closed on. I got my Feed Me More Nutrition line, which keeps me more than busy with that alone. And and as you guys are doing a podcast, it's not an easy task every week as far as uh, it, it, getting it organized and having content. So trying to balance all that. But, man, I'm enjoying being home, and I'm, I'm thankful for the way everything's worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, when you left the WWE and you went out on your own, you were probably the hottest name to hit the independent scene and the convention circuit in a very, very long time. And we could see that just as fans and just as people who actually go to the shows and see how much you were going to be appearing at, at different uh, independent organizations. I mean, it was like unbelievable that once you saw your name attached to it, you knew that those guys had made the right decision because you're such a physical guy. And to see the abuse that you did put on yourself and not even really knowing it, it's a testament to you to see how much you could physically take because you are obviously you're the big guy, but you know, you could take a huge beating. But when you found out all that stuff about your body, were you surprised that it actually had caused such a big toll on your physical self? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, you got to understand it was it, for, for the back. The back was solely one move and that wrestling destroys your body as it is. But I was the, the worst bump any wrestler could take. And I've mentioned this is the ass bump where you land on your ass like Hulk Hogan doing the leg drop. You see Hulk Hogan, he's had all those hip surgeries and back surgeries. And you go, well, he didn't, he didn't bump as much as a lot of the other guys. It wasn't that. It's the ass bump where you compress your spine. And I was told very early on in my career by William Regal that I should probably choose a different move as my finisher, which I did eventually switch it to shell shots. Problem was I was doing the backpack center as a near fall privilege pretty much every night on every WWE live event. So when you're working five nights a week, four, to five, four or five nights a week, years go by pretty fast. And um, I just knew my back. It was getting to the point, they all wrestlers have back pain. And I was waking up in, in considerable more pain day in and day out, week after week. And, and to me, it was just, I was like, oh, it's just muscular pain. I'll be fine once I, you know, calm down or, you know, it just, I never... I didn't realize how serious it was. And then when I left and they told me that, I was 35 at the time. I, the last thing I was like, there's no way I'm having a major back operation on four of my discs. I, there, there's no coming back from that because it's four of them all stacked on top of each other. So it was uh, the stem cells have regrown my disc. It, it, but it, it's, I've had to learn to back off this last year. And luckily, I have other things going on mentally where I can stay busy. Because if I was just wrestling, I, I would have gone crazy. I had to I had to quit doing my boxing and my jiu-jitsu and my Muay Thai and things that I enjoy doing and being physical. I've had to just calm down, and my weight has gone from 290 to 275 because I can't do deadlifts, I can't do squats, I can't do shoulder presses like I was doing because I have to let my body essentially regenerate. And it, it So it's been a great experience for me that, that I, it's allowed me to do other things. And it's been a blessing that I walked away when I did, because honestly, it's going to save my career for the rest of my career. Whereas, again, if I would have stayed and the circumstances would have been different, I, I, I promise you I wouldn't have made it another year. And I would have been forced to have surgery because the, the stem cells can only do so much. You need a certain level of, of your disc intact. And, and they caught it just in time. So, again, it, it, it's, I was shocked, but it's um, it's all been for for good in my mind just a good experience to have to go through this so now that's fantastic and that's that's really cool to hear too and i'm, I'm glad to hear that you're on the mend and you're going to be getting back in the ring 
and uh, and definitely uh, throwing some meat hook clotheslines and whooping some ass. But you know, like I said at the top, you just you have your hands in so many pots and you do so many things. How do you manage it? You know, you you maintain that great Ryback physique, and we can just definitely see that still. Even though you drop weight, you're still going to look like Ryback. But how do you manage all this other stuff that you have going on? Yeah, no, that's one of the things, and, and I've been careful not to not to add anything else. Um, in doing the wrestling, makes it, I can tell you for a fact, when I'm doing my appearances, it makes it a million times harder because even if I do one or two shows on the weekend, I'm flying out on a Thursday, Friday, and I'm not getting back until a Sunday. You know, I'm losing valuable days from being home. Luckily, with the way technology is these days and having our cell phones, I can get a lot of work done no matter where I am also. But it's also, you got to be careful of spreading yourself too thin sometimes. It, it, it honestly, it, it's been it's been a challenge at times, and because I'm doing a lot of this on my own, but it's also very rewarding because I'm seeing my supplement company grow, I'm seeing the podcast grow, I'm getting my body healthy again, and luckily for me, like wrestling, it, it's once you learn how to do it, it to me it's just being in conditioning and, and, and doing my burpees and my my jump rope and all that stuff, and I'm at the gym three hours every day. I have a routine down I've been doing for years. So I know how to stay in shape for that. So that kind of takes care of itself. But it's it, it, it's developing good habits and getting up at a decent hour every day. And it, I can tell you, it hasn't been easy. But but I, I want to thoroughly succeed um, where I don't have to be dependent on my body for the rest of my life. Because that's something you look at a lot of wrestlers. It's one of those professions. One, wrestlers die younger than pretty much any other sport or profession out there. And two, you see a lot of them end up with nothing when their careers are over with. And for me, it was an opportunity to bet on myself, to walk away from a lot of money, from a situation that I wasn't feeling good. There were a multitude of reasons. And it was just to bet on me. It wasn't to bet on me for wrestling. It was to bet on me to go up and start my other things and start making money without wrestling while giving myself a chance to, to take a break and, and, and not being hotel rooms every day. And, and it's been a good payoff, man, so far. I wouldn't take it back for anything. So. With your podcast, Conversations with the Big Guy, you are brutally honest. You always tell it exactly like it's going to be. You revealed every single detail about your departure from WWE, which a lot of people can thank you for being so honest because in this information age where we can almost feel like we're backstage because we get to know a lot of stuff, you really just you let it all lay out on the table. And I think I can commend you for that from a podcast perspective because that's great content. But the podcast, the Feed Me More Nutrition, and even being able – to get your own book put together, I mean, I gotta, yeah. I gotta say, the big guy, you know, when does the guy, big guy get some shut eye? Because you just seem to always have something going on. Oh, I, no, I sleep every night, man. I, especially with the stem cells, that's one of the things you got to You want to get seven, eight hours of sleep every night on those stem cells. It, it's just about being responsible, and, and it, it's, I say, you got to be able to relax and enjoy yourself. But when you work, you work, and it's, it's just usually being able to hone in and focus on the different tasks at hand. And that's all it comes down to. It's uh, and as far as the podcast goes and stuff, and people, it, it's been one of those things. One of the things that is the most upsetting thing to me personally is since leaving, there has been. Uh, it seems like there's no short of shortage of negative uh, articles out there and stuff of people. And unfortunately, we live in a day and age where where the world revolves around money, and with this social media craze the way that it is it allows people to make money in a multitude of ways and usually the way they do that is by creating clickbait headline or negative articles and uh when you speak the truth and you give people an inside look and i do that for my fans and my followers because i wanted them to understand why i made the decisions i i did to leave that i didn't i wanted them to understand why i left because when you're leaving it's not easy in, in having the fan mail site in the PO box for my fans to write into me. It, it's extremely difficult to get letters from kids and them just wanting to see you return back to TV. They don't understand, you know, the intricacies of everything going on and whatnot. And so I wanted to make sure that when I left, I wasn't going to have a fear mindset. I was going to go out there. I was going to speak my truth of exactly what happened, why I feel certain things in my career went the way that they did so that my fans could put themselves in my shoes and understand why I did what I did. And it was never, and it's never, I, if you read my, the motivational book, it's the first thing I do in the book is I thank WWE. I thank them for everything. I've always been beyond thankful 
for my career and the things because even the way that it's worked out because those negatives have allowed me to go down a different route and to learn different things and to push myself in different ways. But sometimes when you're honest with people, they tend to just cherry pick the negatives and they, and they try to, oh, oh, bitter Ryback or Ryback hates WWE. That couldn't be any further from the truth. I just believe in telling the truth and not living in a fear mindset. And so, and that's one of the things I've, I've, I try to do week in and week out and to let people see a different side of me outside of the roles that I played with WWE. You're so outspoken and, and you really, you tell the truth. You, you, at that there is something that's posted and it seems like somebody will take something from this interview and spin it in another direction because that seems to be somewhat of the yeah. target. But in another kind of weird, you know, parallel universe and what we're used to, WWE has almost become the good guy over everybody and what WWE drives in terms of the narrative is what a lot of the fan base now which I don't really get I don't really understand it's kind of changed yeah. and it's and it's been different but we saw it for you you'd be able to jump on that podcast and be like look this isn't true this isn't true and the thing that you had a couple months ago with the ultimate warrior story you were able to jump right yeah. on there and address it and you got to say it and I, I think you'd agree we agree with you the podcast is powerful because it allows you to get your voice out there Absolutely. And that's one of the things I was actually talking to one of my, my really close friends and one of the other tools that I was going to start utilizing a lot more is like the Instagram live and kind of hopping on that a lot more and talking to the fans and um, being a little more interactive on, on that end, because that, that way you have an opportunity to, to nip things in the butt before they, they get out of hand. And unfortunately, it, it's not to sit there and say WWE is the bad guy or the good guy or things like that, but they have built that brand up so powerfully. You have to understand, and this is one of the things, too, that, and I try to always take myself out of my shoes and into and, and different fans and why they would be angry and whatnot. But you got to understand, a lot of people rely on WWE for their sole entertainment, that, that life sucks at times, and, and they're working, you know, all day long, and, and, you know, they might be struggling, but WWE is their one outlet, and they, so they hold WWE on a pedestal, so... They don't necessarily understand everything going on and why you make the decisions you make. And then you leave and you tell your, your story and, and why you did what you did. And it's all of a sudden you're the bad guy because this is their, their WWE and they, they hold this, this thing on a pedestal. And it, it's just, it's one of those things. And I try to understand where people come from, but it's the most, again, discouraging thing for me is the, I'm okay with people not liking me. I want them just to like not like me for the right reasons if they're not going to like me. Not for, for people creating lies and this and that. And it's again, if you listen to the podcast, I can't tell you how many things have been taken out of context in this last year, year and a half, and, and just ran with, in which it just ultimately snowballs. And it, it's unfortunate, but, but this is the day and age we live in. But the only thing I could do continue to go out and put out my product each and, each and every week and, and address those things. And I'm a big advocate in that. And you got to address them because if you don't, they get taken out of control and, and they just snowball. So many crazy things are going on, whether it's in the world of Ryback or the world of WWE. But interesting enough was this week was the return of somebody that used to call you the Ryback, which I always found pretty funny. But yes. a good friend of yours, and obviously one of the quote-unquote good guys, probably one of my favorite wrestlers ever, and I know he, he, he has nothing but good things to say about you, and always praised you and had a great relationship with you. But what were your thoughts when you saw Daniel Bryan return this week in uh, the world of WWE and SmackDown? I'm very happy for him because uh, I saw him back at Rusev's wedding last year, and uh, we were talking, and... I could tell it was when he had returned to, I believe he was on TV uh, as an on-air role at that time during that. And I don't know if it was, if he was, he was on TV. I know that, but I could see that it wasn't fulfilling to him uh, because he, he didn't have that outlet to perform. He didn't have that physical aspect of it. And you got to understand when you wrestle, he, he's wrestled for the majority of his life. And I could tell you firsthand like for myself and having to back off a little bit this last year, it's extremely mentally difficult when you're used to making money with your body and being physical and then being told you can't do something. And it's, it's extremely taxing on, on the human mind. And for him to have to still be in that environment, granted, not as much as he was, but still to show up to TV every week and to watch all these guys and guys you came up with 
getting their opportunity to perform and, and not being able to do that, I, I, it's extremely frustrating. And, and, I, and so I, I, I felt for him deeply because I knew how badly he wanted to wrestle. And, and again, you heard him last night talking about he was grateful. And that, that, that's as real as it gets. And that, that's him being him on that, which is why I enjoyed that so much. And uh, because you, when you have something taken away from you, you can either sit and sulk or you can find other things that you're grateful for and, 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 and truly be thankful that you have in your life. And he was able to do that. And it's almost, it's really cool to see him get another chance because he was, he was so hot when it all got taken away. And, uh, and I was there for that. And I witnessed that on, on, on different occasions that he went through the different injuries up there and overcame them. So to see him return last night, I would like to see him take it easy for a little bit. He, he seems to have uh, thrown himself back into the mix full steam, uh, taking a, a Napron power bomb and doing those goddamn drop kicks where he lands on his head. I would have, I would have liked to see him maybe ease back in, but I guess if you're going to go, and he only knows one speed. So that's part of the reason why everybody loves him. So, I couldn't be any happier for him, though. Yeah, talk about a return. Man, did he come back. The crowd was nuts. Uh, emotional speech at the beginning and then him getting beat up at the end and obviously doing vintage Daniel Bryan stuff. So just unbelievable from a fan aspect and obviously from a friend aspect. That's pretty cool as well. But, you know, you mentioned Rusev there, and I wanted to mention this because it was kind of funny. You and Rusev kind of, you know, quote-unquote, worked the marks a little bit when you guys had your uh, Twitter beef as well. And people were like, oh, they really don't like each other. Well, you know, what was that about? Were you guys just kind of just saying, oh, like, you know, let's mess around, joke around? Or was that one of those things where maybe it did get a little serious for a second? No, that's two guys that are friends. And uh, let me ask you a question. You have friends, right? Oh, yeah. You guys bust each other's balls, I'm sure, from time to time. Because that's what friends do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, (laughs) and, And I get for a lot of people out there, they're so smart and they know everything about wrestling. I've talked... I can't tell you how many times I talk about Rusev as one of my favorite all-time opponents, and he's one of my favorite people. And uh, what friends do is they go online sometimes, and they bust each other's balls. And he's done it to me, and I've done it to him. And it's uh, it's unfortunate we live in a day and age where, again, people can cherry-pick something. And, uh, and I, I, I sit down to ice my back. I talk about it on my podcast this week. And I, I sit down to ice my back. I click on the Instagram. I got my dog, little guy, right by me. I, oh, my good buddy Rusev's doing an Instagram Instagram live. I click on it. He sees me, cracks a smile. Big guy. I leave my comment at him because he did a comment at me, which we talk about through text, where he made a comment about me not being natural after I left a comment to him uh, that I thought he would be doing more weight, which I got pegged the bad guy in that one. Uh, by, by numerous things again because two friends are having fun with each other so it's one of those in which he goes guys we have no beef me and Ryback nobody takes that part everyone takes that uh, Ryback was blocked on Rusev's Instagram and I can assure you guys I was not blocked so we were just talking earlier today and we people need to understand guys laugh we laugh at this shit like people that they it, it's uh, if I if I had a beef Somebody, the last thing I would do is go on their Instagram live and, uh, and, and hash it out on that. So. so funny sometimes when you sit back and you look at some of the stuff, it's like, I, you know, you look, you're like, I think these guys uh, are, are joking. You know, I don't think these guys are serious, but, you know, a lot of the fans out there are, are nuts. But, you know, if I could just move on to some of the highlights, obviously in your career, you know, you started tough enough, kind of, you know, and made this in your name there. Get signed to Deep South, OVW, FCW, then they have this thing called NXT. But what I wanted to, to mention to you was the nexus and kind of the the birth that because we had Heath Slater on not too long ago, and he was talking about you know what what a crazy night that was and yeah. destroying things and the, the Cena Punk match and then the attack on Raw. You guys debut, you know, you guys caused some havoc. What was it like that night? Were you shocked that you know it was, it was almost like oh by the way you guys are beating up Cena and Punk, the two top guys at the time and you're destroying every piece of property around the ring. Yeah, no, he's a, such a great guy. He's one. Of, he's another one of those guys. All the original Nexus guys, I think we're going to forever have a bond from, from all that. Uh, it was, uh, 
it was cool because at that point in time, you're coming up from developmental. You do the do the NXT show. It's kind of a not what NXT is now. It was a American Gladiators meets wrestling sort of uh, type show that nobody was truly thrilled about. And then you, we got guys, we all came up together for the most part, the majority of us through developmental and had known each other for quite some time. So it went from all of a sudden we're competing against each other to, well, oh, we get to be a team, kind of like we had been all along in developmental. And it, it was just one of those things. We had the right guys. We were put in the right situation uh, at the right time. And, and again, it, everyone, when we were in the, the office and with Vince and Michael Hayes and John Laurinaitis at the time, and it was uh, essentially you guys have one chance to go out there and make this work. And, and just being young guys, everyone was hungry. Everyone, all of us, none of us wanted to go back to developmental. Once, once you get the hell out of developmental, you never want to go back. And it's one of those things, you, you, you don't have a lot of money. You, you're going to have an opportunity to make more money than you had up to that point. And, and so it was, it was just the perfect storm. And uh, it was one of those cool moments in wrestling that we all got to be a part of and Man, it was it was a great time. It was I, I honestly can't I don't remember a lot from the actual current like of being out there. I, I can't uh, it's it's I don't know if it was just because we were all such in the zone. And this is just for me personally speaking, but I don't remember a lot from that night. Just outside of I remember being in the office and and that speech being told to us. <clears throat> and I remember getting to the back and everybody being really really excited. And we. At the time, nobody knows, like, I know we had done NXT and done some matches, and nobody really, you know, at that point, you, you don't come back, and, and nobody's really excited. They're just trying to get the taping over with so they can go on to the, to the regular show and, and come back there. And I mean, it, it was we're like, wow, is this how it always is when you go out there and do something on Monday Night Raw? And it was, it was a cool moment, man, and I, it was something I'm grateful that I, I was able to share that with the, the guys that I did. And not too long after that, we were at an MSG show, and the crowd was nuts for it, and the buzz for it was nuts when you guys came through the crowd and were attacking everybody. It was one of those things where people were really, really into the Nexus, and it was definitely kind of like that next big thing, although they kind of squashed it a little bit at SummerSlam that year. But building up to it, the crowd was nuts for it. Do you remember MSG? Remember that night? Remember the buzz surrounding the Nexus? I remember that actually fairly well. They actually had us come in. And I believe they brought us in SUVs. And I, I don't know if they had the tinted windows, but it was they they brought us in, and we had to we weren't seen by anybody there. It was it was like a surprise appearance that we were attacking, and I remember it was uh, it was a really cool experience. And I think that was my first time in MSG too, at that point in time. So it was uh, again. I remember Jericho pulling us. And I've always gotten along like so well with Chris, and he's he's so honest, and he'll tell it like it is. And I remember he pulled us all aside leading up to that match at SummerSlam, even, and, and he goes, "Just so you guys know, this isn't an everyday thing up here. You guys are getting an opportunity to do something that not a lot of guys get to do. You're main eventing. Some of you may ne- never main event ever again, and that's been the case for some of the guys. And and it was, and, and he he was just simply telling us the truth that to go out there, appreciate the situation and go all out, however it works out. And it was, uh, looking back, man, it's crazy how your perception changes after you're around for a bit and you do other things. And then things that would used to make you nervous, you're like, Oh my God. And it it just changes as you're there over time and you get more experience under your belt and you're in different situations. But that time it was, it was, it was a really cool period of life. And people will definitely remember the Nexus. I mean, the buzz that they had and, and the awesome experience. And it's very cool. But not too long after that, you get injured. And then you kind of you're out for a bit. And you come yeah. back as, as Ryback, though, which was pretty cool. And you, you have a, a little bit of a different look. You kind of have that, that quote-unquote, that RVD singlet and everything. That character and, and that look, is that all the brainchild of you? Are you the one that was like, you know, I want to have this look and I'm going to be Ryback and, and this is exactly how it's going to be. Yeah, that's, it was Vince. It was Vince's idea for the singlet. It was, I was back 
doing live events. The ankle injury was horrific. I've talked about that time and time again on the podcast and to try to get people to understand. I, it's still something I deal with to this day. I actually just had the last piece of metal with a, a plate and they got five screws out. They had to leave one screw inside my foot. They couldn't get it out from this doctor that originally botched the, the first surgery that caused all the nerve damage. But it was, it was not the easiest thing to overcome. And I, I'm grateful that I was able, you know, to do it. Um, but I come back, I'm doing live events as Skip Sheffield, actually, at the time still. Eventually, I switch, we switched to Rye back. And um, it was Vince. I, the, the, the story on that, and I've talked about it, is Vince thought I was, I was fat um, when I came back. And how I thought I was fat, to this day, I still don't know. But I was in trunks. <laughs> Um, and again, I think part of this, it's all just a fucking game. And that's just, that's the way that it is. And, uh, they wanted me in a black singlet and it looked, it looked horrible. I, I looked like a smaller version of Big Show, which just having the bald head, it, like, it just didn't, it was just a plain black singlet. And I've never, I just remember that they, they had the seamstresses make it and I had to put it on and I had to walk into the, the, the Vince's office with Vince and Triple H, and uh, he seemed to, he couldn't have been more thrilled over the black singlet. And uh, I just thought it was the absolute shit. But I, again, even if I get something and I, I don't like it at first, I will, I will sit and think on it. And in my mind, the only way to make a singlet look cool to me was to airbrush it. And uh, I always loved RVD's singlets and, and his, and the, the because when everybody can just get stuff kind of sewn on, that didn't seem good enough to me. I with my mind, the way my mind works, and I like colors. And there was I was like, I now have this um, platform to create whatever I want to create with this, these airbrush ideas. And and it was just something it kind of all worked out. I got the first one done, and I didn't want to do RVD. Always kind of had the yin and the yang and the peace sign, you know the whole. Dragon, that was his deal. I was, I wanted more machine type stuff at first, so that's what we did. And it, 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 nobody was doing it at that point in time. And I remember I got a hold of RVD and actually just the his his old airbrush guy initially, and through him was able to kind of, are you all right if I, you know, go this route? And uh, just trying to, you know, do the right thing. He wasn't there at the time, and and I didn't know if he was ever going to be back, and he had no problem with it, and. Uh, and it just kind of went from there with it. And it was, to me, I, I love the singlet. Now, I, I wouldn't trade it in for anything. So, Such a cool look. And obviously, it was different. And obviously, probably Vince was maybe ribbing you a little bit, calling you fat or, or putting you in a terrible outfit. So 30 pounds you overweight, can't... just so you know. 30 pounds overweight was the uh, quote. <laughs> so go back and look at me any point in time and see if you could go, can he lose 30 pounds of fat? And if you if you can find it, all right. But uh, I have yet to find it. Well, Vince is uh, he's uh, definitely a nut. But yeah, after that, which was cool, you had a different look. You had a crowd kind of behind you. You go on a prolonged winning streak. He does some squash matches, some big things, and they're kind of building you up for the world title match against Punk. Were you feeling it at that point? Were you saying like, you know, this is my moment. I'm ready for a, a big push here. Yeah, I've been wrestling at that point. You got to remember, everyone, this is what I try to explain to people. I've been in the system already for uh, a, a quite a long time. And it's anybody can go out there. It's, it's just a matter of we're, we're all playing roles. And I've played every role to perfection throughout my career. And when I came in, it was doing the, the squash matches and the throwing guys around and doing the double stack shell shock every night. And that was by design. And granted, I, I would have liked to have a little more of a buildup before it was an unfortunate set of circumstances with uh, Cena chose to get elbow surgery or have his elbow scoped or something, and they needed a, a temporary main event. And unfortunately, it, it was never going to be about me from the very beginning. So, it, but, but things that rode on for about seven months until they took it all away. So uh, I always went out, did everything that they asked of me, and, and the crowd was behind it, the numbers were behind it. And it was, it was a cool experience. And after that, that first main event was nerve-wracking, that being thrown into that position, because you got to remember, 
it was, and it wasn't nerve wracking for anything other than they had, I was, I was working shorter matches as a monster. And then I had to go in there and they wanted, Vince only wanted 10 to 12 minute main event matches with me in it. He did not want me going longer than that. Problem is you have me in there with a guy with punk who's great, but it was such a contrast from what I was doing before that it was the people didn't get to see me evolve into the main event slowly or to go even into the to the mid card. It just was kind of from beginning to end. And you see me just dominating. Then you see me in there where it's working, where I'm sitting in a hold and just sitting in a hold and where I'd never been put down at that point. And so it was it was an adjustment on, on the style of matches that I was working in. But the crowd was with it the whole way through. And we we evolved it as we went along and we were able to do a lot longer matches as time went on and everything was fine. So, but it was fun, man. I, th- that whole period was, was really cool. I, I wish it would have, it would have uh, ended in a, in a little different situation. A couple of those times, because I think everything, it warranted it. But again, at the end of the day, it's not my company, not my call. So. And you were involved in, in a lot of main events and a lot of great matches. Like I can remember the Shield uh, versus you and Team Hell No was like match of the year. It was such a great match. But when the crowd gets behind you like that and they start chanting Feed Me More and you're getting over and stuff like that, what is that like? Is that is that kind of almost surreal to say? Because it's not every guy can get over. Not every guy has a catchphrase that'll get over. And you were really getting over with the crowd. Is that you know is that really something special to you that you were able to connect like that? Absolutely. And again, it's, it's going out there and playing roles and it's, you never know if if people are going to accept it or not. And it's one of those things I'm very thankful for and grateful for. And it, it, it it went really, really well. And that, and it would have, uh, but if you've watched my career, I've played multiple roles, good guy, bad guy in in main events, mid card and in between. So it's uh, being in a tag team with Curtis Axel, which was a ton of fun, and uh, been on on different sides of the coin in, in, in many different regards. But it's um, not everyone has that opportunity, and again, it, it's something I'm beyond thankful for because that stuff never dies, no matter what. It's it's something truly special, and to this day, I, I have a great loyal following from that. So uh, it, that has allowed me to do other things. So I'm beyond thankful for that. Now, as I start to wind it down here, obviously a huge moment in your career is winning the Intercontinental title and being the Intercontinental champion. Is that as special to you as it is to like the fans? Because me as a fan, I'm always thinking like, wow, the IC title, you know, that's that's pretty much, you know, uh, you know, the upper mid card or the guy that's going to be next to fight yeah. the champion or something like that. Does that mean as much to you as it does to, per se, me as a fan, the winning the IC title? I don't, again, it, to say, I guess once you're in the business, they're props. They're made up props that, that tell stories. And once you're there, it, and it was, it was, the moments are cool. For me, it, winning the title, it, it, it's not, and this isn't meant in a negative way. It, it is, it's just another night at work. It's when you walk to the back and you get the, the reception amongst the, the boys in the back and, and them being happy for you. It's those moments that are cool for wrestlers. Winning the actual titles is not, I, I guess, maybe from a childhood looking back standpoint that you could say, oh, that's cool. But it, it, it was once in, with me, with the story that I've told and knowing why I feel that was put on me at the, that point in time, it kind of was just like, eh, it was, it was fine. But it, it's just one of those, it's hard to explain it to people. It, it's not bad by any means, but it's not, it, it's again, they're made up props. It's not the, Wrestling isn't real. It's all acting. It's physical acting. Everyone is just playing different roles. I never really win. I never really lose. I, it, it's, I'm, just, I'm never really a champion. I am just playing the role of a champion. And so I, I look at it a little different way than a lot of people, maybe so. But that's, again, it's not a bad thing. It's just the way that I personally look at it. As far as your run, especially in the WWE, you had a ton of great matches, ton of great opponents and you know looking back obviously i mentioned that that six-man tag the matches with punk the main event matches with cena the main event matches cena again i mean you had some good matches with kalisto i mean you had all these great matches rusev obviously as well looking back do you have favorite matches that really stick out to you or or maybe favorite moments 
There's, uh, man, I enjoyed my whole time. Uh, the wrestling part of it and the work in the live events, I can't, there was, I enjoyed all of that. There were a lot of great moments there and doing great matches and, and live events in particular because typically what would happen, even like that in the last year there, uh, the babyface uh, run, a uh, year and a half maybe, the last, there right before the end with Kalisto. Going out there, working long matches on live events and, and, and being working in a in very nice spot. And uh, TV would be a little different story or pay-per-views. And I was always thankful. I was figured in, to, to, you know, the majority of things, whether it was in a top spot or not, I was always figured in, which was, it's nice. <laughs> and on that, I'm always thankful for that. But it was, uh, I enjoyed working everybody that I wrestled. And again, I always talk about Seth Rollins and Rusev were two of my favorite guys as I, I always enjoyed wrestling. Uh, but more from the standpoint of that we can go out there. Uh, nowadays, a lot of people like to plan, and that this isn't just like, guys there, just in general in wrestling. Sometimes I think we can get in the habit of planning things A to Z. And it's guys like that sometimes just like to go out there and have fun. And, uh, and maybe not map it out A to Z. So that you actually, and it, that's one of the things I enjoy doing on a, like independent matches, is not mapping it out A to Z. Because that's where wrestling is actually fun for the performer, rather than just going out and memorizing a bunch of spots. But uh, those are two of my favorite guys, because they, they, they were on board with that. And, um, but I enjoyed wrestling everybody there that I wrestled. Everybody. There was, there was never anybody I, I didn't like wrestling. So many, you know, intricate little matches and, and so many things where you could point out it definitely sticks out do you ever you know get annoyed or, or or get like just a thought in your head like oh man like when people compare me to goldberg when people compare me to ultimate war is that something that you know even as far as you being maybe a fan back in the day or or even liking wrestling is that something you're like wow you know that's a cool thing it's one of those things where it's like no nah, i'm kind of my own guy i'm i'm ryback you know the comparisons to goldberg and warrior aren't really want or warranted yet yeah, people are always going to do that. that that tends to be the the and again the only thing you can do is just just go out and live your life and have your career and it's uh unfortunately you're going to have people that they're, they're extremely loyal to performers that came before you and so and again i've always said i've never once tried to go out there and and, and replicate being any of those guys you know i i I have a bald head and I have big traps. <laughs> you know, he did short matches and I've gone out and I do longer matches. It's just, but and that's just that's that's the role that he played, and I've played that role as well doing the shorter matches. It's not that's just what people like to compare you to guys that come before. And you know, in the next ten or fifteen years, if another bald-headed guy comes along wearing an airbrush singlet, he might get compared to me. I don't know. It's just the way that it, it, the, the, the business is. And you can't really get too caught up in that and whatnot because we're all our own individual person uh, and wrestler at the end of the day. And I think the, the fans that know the, the, our styles are completely different. The move sets are completely different. And, uh, and the characters are completely different. So Now, Ryback, as we get to wrap it up here, I got to ask this. We usually, when we talk to an older legend, we usually say, when you look back at your career, you know, what do you think, blah, blah, blah. But there's so much more in store for you. And and I'm going to throw the old five-year question your way. So when you look at yourself five years down the road with all the things you have going on, whether it is the Feed Me More Nutrition or whether it is writing more books or whether it is, you know, branching off and doing more fitness-related things or even continuing with wrestling, where do you see yourself in five years down the road with all the amazing things you have going on? Uh, it's just continuing to grow my brand one day at a time. And I would say, again, I think it's important for, for my fans to understand. And like, and I, I can't stress this enough. I don't hate the WWE. I don't think the WWE hates me. I've just been, I'm very, I, I don't live in fear. And I've, I've, I've been through a certain circumstance with them that nobody else has been through that obviously I had to get away from there. I, I never wanted to leave, it, but it was, I had no choice in my position and it was ended up being the best thing that I ever could have done. I, I need people to understand though, I don't live for recognition from others. I never got into wrestling to be famous. Nobody knew who I was for the rest of my life. I would be completely content and happy. I'm focused on being happy, being healthy, 
growing my brand, making money in different ways to support myself and my family and, and to eventually have my own family, that if I, I will always love wrestling. If things with WWE at some point in time are able to resolve themselves, great. If they never do, I'm okay with that as well. I'm not, I don't look at this as something where I, I need to be accepted by others. I don't, I don't do things for those reasons. I live my life for me and my and ultimate happiness and doing what's best for me and my family and not, um, so in five years to answer that, I can't tell you wrestling wise where I will be at in five years. All I know is I'm going to continue to grow my brand and, and I'm going to continue to wrestle and do things that I love and make me happy. And if it is with the WWE, great, but I can make no promises. I just do it. I, that's why I want people to understand why I made the decisions that I did. And it's, uh, you know, in five years, I just, I think everything is bigger and better than it is right now with the, with the moves that I've made and, uh, the financial decisions that I've made. So where hopefully I, I have even more options in life in the next five years. That's really awesome and very well said. And right back before we wrap it up here, I, I got to hand you over the keys to the uh, the rest of the show here, as you can give us the Ryback plugs. Please tell us where we can find everything and everything going on in the world of the big guy. Yeah, check out my website, please feedmemore.com. That is where we have the Feed Me More nutrition and everything kind of going on with the big guy Ryback. I have my weekly podcast on iTunes and Stitcher conversation with the big guy. Got my motivational book, Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, available on Amazon. And then I got my schedule with everything wrestling-wise is being updated uh, weekly uh, at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook. And the big guy, Ryback22 on Instagram to kind of keep up with everything uh, I got going on and, and my appearances and whatnot. Uh, I got to tell you, the cover of your book is uh, is quite possibly the best Ryback picture I've ever seen. That that suit, <laughs> that smile, and that finger point—that's <laughs> money right there. So Ryback, all the best to you. We really appreciate you going a little bit longer with us tonight, and uh, all the best, man. This was a lot of fun. No, thank you. I got to go get some sushi now. It's my carb day, so I gotta I gotta go take advantage of that. But I appreciate you guys taking the time to have me on and uh, for the nice interview and for all the support. I, I can't thank you enough. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.